0: Five, four, three, two, one, and we are live. Welcome to the God Is Awesome podcast, uh, where we interview everyday regular Christians about an awesome and not every day actually eternal God. And um, so we have on our on air our guest Ashley Lancelot. We're super happy to have hey. you. Ashley, what's up to everybody. Hey, um, my name is Aaron. I'll be your host today. Um, if you are joining us live, we want to really welcome you. Thanks for joining us. Give us Uh, an emoji or a comment down below. Hashtag go Ashley. Um, If you're watching this in the future, hashtag go replay and um, be sure to like and share and definitely share it with someone who you think that matches with Ashley's testimony or might be interested in um, Ashley's life and kind of would relate to that. Um, Anyway, this podcast is about, uh, you know, so Moses, he was he was asked to take off his shoes when he was walking where God was. And so this is kind of where it is, you know, we're taking off our shoes and we're walking where God was in Ashley's life. We're kind of just diving into her story today. And so I'm just going to kick it right over to Ashley. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you came from, how you grew up, you know, stuff leading up to Christ.
1: Well, hi, thanks. I'm really excited to be a part of this. Um, I'm Ashley. For those of you that don't know me, I um, I grew up in Alaska, which is kind of fun and exciting. And <laughs> I usually tell people, and they're like, "Really, Alaska?" Um, but I grew up in Alaska, and I, I'm not from Port St. Lucie or from Florida. Um, and I had I had an I had an amazing um, home life, amazing family life. I grew up. Um, my mom and my biological father, they were pretty toxic for each other. And so I didn't grow up with my biological father in my life. I grew up with, um, my mom got married when I was two. And so I grew up with, my dad, Rick, who actually ad- adopted me legally when I was 10, so that I had the same last name as him, and he was an amazing dad. So I didn't just have, like, one amazing dad, but I st- I had two because I still had a relationship with my biological father as well, and that grew um, as I got older. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. I grew up in a home where I, I was very loved.
0: How, how, how was that dynamic, being loved and extremely cared for by two dads and a, and a mom, I'm guessing, you know, like yeah. all... How was that dynamic? Was that confusing at 10, before you were 10? You know, is that difficult? Was that just so much love that you were, you know, like, oh, this is great. Like, how was that?
1: It was both, I think, because I think... um I think I was really secure that I was loved, but then at the same time, I think that there were times where it was confusing. My mom and dad ended up having my brother when I was like three, and I remember like serious jealousy issues. And I mean, when I think back on it, I'm like, yeah, I probably was slightly like threatened that someone else was coming into my territory. I was unsure what was happening. I was unsure my role in my place. So I think that I've always had like certain doubts. Um, But then I think I also was very aware that I felt loved. My parents did a good job making sure that I felt secure and that I felt loved.
0: So, yeah. typically, I guess I just don't know about the adoption process. I'm learning more about it. But how is it that someone can adopt you when you've already got like a loving father? I don't know how that works.
1: It was actually, it was actually, looking back, I think it's kind of sad. But my, so my my dad, I had to call my biological dad and ask my biological dad um if, my stepdad could adopt me. And so I had he had to give me permission. It had to be like over the phone. And I don't know. I don't remember if it was like the court. the we were at the courthouse, but I don't remember if it was with the judge there. And so he had to give up his rights, and that was really hard for him because I don't think that he didn't want to be a part of my life. I think he just it was. I lived in Alaska. Um, he had a different life. Um, he was married. He had uh, another daughter, and I think that it was just really it was just really hard for him. So, but that's how wow. it went. So I would I was happy because my last name was always different, so people used to always ask me if I was adopted now I could be like are you my brother's white with like blue eyes he's like um, he's about three and a half years younger than me and so people used to ask me all the time are you adopted and I'd be like no he is what are you talking <laughs> about
0: <laughs> Jeez. But, yeah. so he gave up his rights yeah but he loved you because he, not- he loved me did he not live in Alaska, or?
1: No, he didn't live in Alaska. Um, he's moved around a lot. Right now, he lives in South Carolina. At the time, um, he lived in Texas and in New Jersey and California, and so I was think that not, was really hard for him.
0: Was he not able to take care of you, or was it just like? I mean, like it's kind of hard for me to understand that. Like if I, if I was, I'm just saying, yeah. if I had a kid, it'd be hard for me to. I'd be like, heck no, what like. Help me understand that.
1: I think that he knew that I had a really good father in my life. And I Mm. think he really just was man enough to uh, allow my dad my mom married my dad, my dad knew Christ, my mom did not. Um, and that's how that introduced me to Christ and that introduced my mom to Christ. And it changed, it changed our lives. And I think he had to have seen some of that change. And he had to see the healthy environment that I was in. So I think he just loved me enough to let me continue in a healthy environment. And I'm thankful for it because it made me who I am. And now I have a really great relationship with him. We talk awesome. all the time. And so awesome. yeah, Got
0: you. yeah. Okay. So what's it like growing up in Alaska? How, how's I have no idea. I'm from California and Florida, South Florida. So I have no idea what Alaska is like.
1: It's amazing. I love Alaska. Yeah. It's culturally really, it feels a lot different. I think really? that it's just a little bit more slowed down. Um, if, I think that there's more of a sense of community. Okay. (laughs) That's what I think is because I think we all, everybody needs each other and it's obvious that we need each other to keep, you know, to figure things out and I think that there's a reliance on one another and uh, really community um, is a big thing and people are really nice, (laughs) just really friendly up there.
0: I know of nothing about Alaska except for like the Alaskan bush people. You know what I mean? Like that is the yeah. only thing I see yeah. on TV. Like I have no, no, no knowledge.
1: Yeah, You probably know more than people used to know because now they have so many TV shows out there yeah, on Alaska. Building
0: stuff <laughs> you probably
1: or... know about crabs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's so, great. We used to dog mush. Actually, my dad, Um, we raced. My dad dog sle- sledded. He had a dog mush. He had a whole team um, of dogs. And so I grew up with like. 30 plus dogs. And we had
0: puppies a lot too. So you'd count them and be like, dad, we have 40 dogs right now. But, uh um, yeah. So, I'm yeah. yeah. used to build sandcastles. All right. So I don't, I don't know what that life is about. Yeah, it's um,
1: the same with snow.
0: you said, you said, um, you said you grew up like, I guess, uh, you had a, a early introduction into Christ, right? I how, did. How, how's that path up to Christ leading spiritually or, or, or um, you know, worldview-wise, what was your worldview like growing up, and what what are the shaping forces that made that happen?
1: So, so I think something that like for those that know me, um, I've always really cared about what people think, and I think I've been that way since I was a little girl. So, a lot of any time anyone would tell me anything, I would like most likely believe it, which is great because I had a lot of like amazing people in my life growing up, and they told me about who God was, and I believed it, and. um, and they told me about who I was in light of that. And I believed it. But I think some somewhere along the lines or the disconnect is, is that I really just thought I was great. And like, I didn't, I didn't realize that it was like Christ within me, but I thought like, yeah, I'm a child of God and I'm amazing. So I think, <laughs> I think I somewhere along the line believed what everybody told me to like my own detriment. So that anytime there was anything opposing that, it seemed to like really make me like trip up. Because So you
0: were told like you're a princess and you loved and you're yeah. loved and God loves you and you're like, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, like my dad used to tell me like whoever you end up marrying is going to be so lucky because you're so funny and you're really, he just used to build me up. You're really awesome to be around. Anyone be lucky. And the great things that, you know, I'm like super grateful that I had a dad that told me things like that. But then it seemed like when life came and like. It didn't seem like they knew they were lucky. Like, don't you know my dad said you're lucky to be with me? So, <laughs> <laughs> like, you should believe that.
0: <laughs> you you need to know how good I am. Yeah.
1: yeah, well, but so it ended up being a good thing in the sense that I was around. I, I grew up in church from when I was younger. I grew up going to Bible camps. Um, I would starting, I would go to like this little local Bible camp that they had. And then I would go out of town a little bit. And then when I was like 12, I started going, flying to the villages and they had a camp in the village. Um, this one specific village named Unalakleet and I would go there and I would go there for like a month. My cousin and I would fly to Unalakleet and, and, uh, anyway, so we went there and did like a Bible camp and then we became leaders. And so it really started to develop who like I knew God to be because now I'm not just a part of this camp that sings all these great songs and talks about Jesus. But I started to have to like, you know, know a little bit of what I'm talking about myself. And I think at that point it started to become more personal to me, you know, at that point where now it wasn't just like I know all the right things to say, but I need to I need to have my own personal relationship with God.
0: How old are you at this time?
1: Well, I think this is probably around 11 or 12 or 13 okay. right out through there. I think as I said, I think I always grew up um in a Christian home and I believed those things, but I rem- I remember it being more like, oh, this is my personal relationship. This isn't okay. just like, you know, reading the Bible and saying all that stuff's true, but now there's like a relationship that I have that's like between me and God personally that nobody else is a part of, just me and him. And yeah. so, I don't I think that that was a new thought for me then. Um, for sure. And I knew that that's, I wanted to live, I remember being in Euliclee. And I remember um, I flew to another village to help start a Bible camp. And the other village, there was only, there wasn't very many kids there. And I remember thinking, like, I called my mom, I got to talk to her like once a month. And I called my mom. And I'm like, Mom, I, God just told me what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life. And she was like, Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's what's that? And she's, and I was like, I'm, I'm supposed to be a missionary.
0: Like, okay. I'm supposed
1: to, I'm supposed to like, tell people about Jesus. Now, I think what I didn't know at that time is that I still had such a far view of, like, who Jesus was and what that meant. But I knew what my purpose was, and my purpose was to to share the things that I was learning with other people.
0: Sure. You yeah. said you, you felt comfortable enough to have a, you know, a personal relation. Like, it's internalized, right? It's not just yeah. up here. And then to yeah. live it out. Like, then it yeah. spills out of your life. But you didn't. There was no like understanding or right understanding, but right you know, when you're saved, you who knows the right understanding? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. No one knows they're, yeah. They're yep. Um, cool. So uh, where where does life take you there? Like you're about thirteen, and and you're and I, I believe that sounds like you actually being saved. Yeah. Um, what happens after?
1: So um, I'm about. I'm about 13, 12, 13. I was going to public school at the time. And I was, I was pulled in and out of school a lot when I was younger.
0: I'm out. First of all, when you first said villages, like I flew to another village in Alaska. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I know nothing about Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> and then you said public school. I'm like, okay, they got some kind of public school there. It's not like- yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, okay. Yeah. So we're still yeah. in Alaska, right?
1: Yeah. And the vill yeah. And the villages, you had to fly to them because there's nowhere to drive to them. So you have to fly in small planes. They're like, Six seaters, five seaters, four seaters. True okay. story. One time we were taking off a runway and I was in a small plane and my window fell out. That was a true story. That's just for you to I remember sitting there and being like, Oh my gosh, my window's out. And then I remember the guy hopped <laughs> out of the <laughs> he seriously, hopped out of his pilot seat, put the window back in and hopped back in and then we kept going. I was like, <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> Did the, did the wheel yeah. fall off? I the don't even know, but was. Alaska's another world. It's another world. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, I went to public school. I so we moved a lot. Um, I was pulled in and out of school growing up. I I was within a year I'd be in at least two different schools. My mom would homeschool me. Um, and so I to kind of just backtrack trace a little bit, I, I was very insecure for what I knew, my knowledge, because I and I and I started to um grow in confidence in social areas because I knew as long as I could fit in, as long as I could conform enough to whatever the group was, I knew how to stay afloat emotionally or socially. But I, I really struggled academically.
0: Okay.
1: Mostly because I didn't know the same things everyone else knew. It didn't mean I didn't know things, but at the time I was just so insecure. So I really tried to overcompensate socially um, yeah. by being like the jokester, by being like the funny guy, mm-hmm. by, you know um, bringing attention to myself in that way so that people can pick on me or hurt me that way. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, to go forward, I'm 12 or 13, I'm in public school and, um, my mom ended up pulling me out and putting me in private school and uh, Christian school. And I went to school and a lot of my cousins went there. Um, I, I started to form like friendships, like real friendships that I'm still friends with to this day. Okay. Um, and that really shaped me because I think I cared so much what people thought and I see God's grace in it that he surrounded me with people that loved the Lord as well.
0: Oh. And so
1: I didn't, I grew up like going to like purity retreats and like saving myself for marriage and all that kind of thing. And I think, um, you know, and, and now when I look back, I think, well, I did that because it was cool. I did that because everyone else did it. And by God's grace, you know what I mean? Like he allowed me, but I don't think I did that because I was like so holy and so great. I just think I, I, those things were important to me because they were important to everyone else. Right. When you grow up in a
0: Christian culture, right? Yeah. You you still want to be part of the crowd and that's what the crowd is doing.
1: Exactly. Let's
0: be pure together. You know what I mean? Like, okay. So, okay. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, all right. So, um, so you grew up through, through school, um, through a, Christian, uh, private school. Um, how'd you, what takes you after that? Where'd God lead you from there?
1: So after there, um, I started, I I went to the school, I started dating somebody when I was 16. It was actually my best friend. Um, one of my best friends and well, we became best friends. Um, my my sound just went out. Um, and we actually were engaged through high school. So yes. Yeah. He, I asked asked me to marry him and we were engaged and, um,
0: you were engaged in high school.
1: Yeah, I was. What ring? Yeah, I had a ring. I had a ring. (laughs) Ring pop? You know, I know. It's young. You know, at at least back home. (laughs) At least back home. I think, like, at least for me particular, this might not be true for everyone back home, but college wasn't pushed for me the same way. It was like you grow up and you get married and you work a job and I worked since I was like 14, I worked like two to three different jobs. Um, and so while I was going to school and so it was just like what you do, it was like the next step. And I wasn't dating just the date, you know, it's like I was dating for marriage and I was going to get marriage. The oh <laughs> yeah, so, so I was I was engaged when I was I dated them at 16, I was engaged when I was 17 and all the way through 18. And two weeks before my wedding, like I had family in town and everything, I was at my little bachelorette party with my cousin. And when I went home, um, all of his stuff was out of the home that we had got together. Um, And so he ended up changing his mind. (laughs) And it was like so devastating. It was so devastating for me because it was like I had the dress we were ready we had all this everything was paid for um and we were him and I were really close and we had like from what I understood from my perception we had a really good relationship like we were like best friends that like to ride to ride four wheelers together all the time and that like to fish and like to hike and like I didn't really understand it so um Anyway, so yeah, that was, that was like the first trial, the first like hard thing. And it's like not the cutesy trial, not the one that's like, I'm really struggling, but I'll right. get through it. It was like devastating. Like I couldn't control myself. All the things I said I believed, I had no clue where to put them in mm. light of this, you know? Fantastic. And it didn't match wow, because I thought I was awesome. <laughs> so that's why would that, that happen? A lot of sense.
0: Like you, yeah. your whole life, you go up thinking you're awesome and you're like doing the right steps and you're doing everything right and then this thing falls apart yeah and then you've got like this you gotta you gotta know you said something i gotta know what to do with all this faith stuff that where where to put it all in my life and i didn't know that's why it was devastating yeah
1: Yeah.
0: so how does that shape you how did that shape you moving forward like what what happened from there
1: well i think i just made a decision to, to to keep struggling through it, to keep trying to make sense of it. And it seemed to be like a day-by-day thing because Mm. there were days where I was like, okay, like I got this, this is for my good, God's in control even now. Like, and you know, he's got somebody for me because it was such a idol back then to like, to be married and to have like that secure, that person who's gonna love me constantly. I needed that position secured.
0: (laughs) So you think that that's that's why that's an idol. So it's security, like you wanted like a person yeah. Like you know, I hear marriage, like especially Christians, right? These Christian, especially like thirsty Christians, you know what I'm saying? Like I, marriage is like an idol, and yeah. I, I like why is it an idol? Yeah. Like is, is it the security thing? Is it approval? I,
1: For me, I think that it was. I needed. I wanted to make sure I had a position secured that was going to always make me feel loved. I needed to stay in that space because I, you know, things, I, ha, I still had bad things that happened to me throughout my life. And the, the thing that seemed to hold me steady was my good emotions. Hmm. Now, you know, like the fact that I felt good, that I felt loved, that I felt secure, and then yeah. I, could, I could go through anything. So I think I needed to make sure that I had, like, my person there, you mm-hmm. know, like the person that was going to help me get through this. And my life at the time, here I am, 18 years old, um, my parents are actually, this time frame, my parents are moving to Florida. Okay. So um, they, here we are in Alaska. I have my own little house. And they are moving to Florida at the time. And so now I'm like, well, don't leave me. (laughs) I can't be up here alone. So I end up at this time, I'm very confused. I'm trying to make sense of my life. And I just know that I can't be around the same people that I've always been around. It hurts me too much. We had mutual friends. I don't know how to escape the bad emotions. They're following me everywhere. And it seems to be destroying everything I knew about who Ashley was. This happy, cheerful, funny person was like dying. And so I needed to get away from it.
0: Wow. Yeah. So it's something core like something really core to a lot of people is like the marriage and you know relationship with, with the deepest person and if that's stripped away or shattered you don't know who yeah. you are anymore yeah yeah.
1: yeah you kind of lose identity yeah
0: so <clears throat> um, did you move back to flor did you move to Florida
1: so I moved to Florida my best friend got in the car with me and she drove with me all the way to Florida and I followed my dad and I've done the drive quite a few times at this point but this is the first time that I've actually driven so it took us like a year? I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking, like, Dad, are you watching, right? Like, mm-hmm. six days? No, it took us six days, but we didn't stop and sleep you go, anywhere.
0: We go by, like, how many wolves did you have when it took you?
1: <laughs> you know what's funny is I have somewhere in my journal, we counted all, like, the animals that we saw and the different things that we saw, and it was so cool. <laughs> yeah, my dad, which was funny, on the drive here, he had a walkie-talkie in his car, and we had one in our car, and he kept That's messing cool. with me, telling me. Telling me that he would see animals, and I'm so gullible. I told you I believe anything, so I'm like, oh my gosh, you see that animal? Like he'd be like, there's a there's a camel. I'm like, where's the camel? He's like, really, Ashley? There's not a camel. Oh my gosh! Are you like,
0: are you like an adult at this time?
1: <laughs> I am. I am. Yeah, as well as you'll find out later, I struggled with codependency a lot, and it really That's factors into that. That's
0: funny. <laughs> but so yeah, you, so I. Moved to Florida. You get to Florida. I
1: moved to Florida. So at this point, um, my engagement had been broken off for about like seven months. So I have not been with my ex fiance at this time for seven months. I'm still trying to make light of figure out my life. I moved to Florida and the first week I moved to Florida I meet my husband. Ah. (laughs) I um I meet Jotty. Um I went to Walmart. It was Mother's Day and I was gonna make my mom a cake.
0: The most I know. place.
1: Daddy's always <laughs> like, you can literally find anything at Walmart. <laughs> oh my gosh. He thought we should write Walmart because maybe we could get a Walmart wedding. And oh. it would be like, you know.
0: <laughs> That's what everyone wants. As well. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> like a little TV show. Anyways, um, so I met him in Walmart. I met him in line. He he saw I was wearing a North Face jacket and he's like, You're not from around here, are you? And I'm like, no, I'm from Alaska. And all the typical Alaskan questions. Have you ever used the harpoon that came out? <laughs> anyways, <laughs> like, did I live in an igloo? Would it be drive around? Like, all the questions. I, don't, I, I, don't. <laughs> I was like, you're so funny. Um, anyways, but he ended up inviting me to International House of Prayer, IHOP, where he was playing. Uh-huh. And so I went and watched. He seemed safe because, you know, he's singing Christian music up there. He seemed like a good catch. Um, I started going to his church, High Point at the time. Um, and we started dating pretty quickly after that. So um, at this point, we're dating and he ends up moving to, um, moving to New York to take a job. And I'm becoming very insecure. And so, if I'm like really honest, I put a lot of pressure at him at the time. That's like, well, we need to figure out what we're gonna we're gonna do at this point because you have to. From my perspective, my secure feeling loved person is like going away, and I don't know where he's going. I don't know oh, what's gonna. You didn't,
0: you didn't go with him.
1: No, I stayed here. We were long distance. Yeah, okay. we were long distance. He took a job there. We were just dating. So at oh, this okay. point, I'm I'm here in Port St. Lucie. We're dating. We've been dating for like um probably probably like 10 months maybe okay. or maybe going on a year. Uh, and he ends up asking me to marry him. So we 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 got married uh a year and a half later. All right. So yeah, I was bound and determined to get married. So I did it, <laughs> I did it guys. Great.
0: Congratulations.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, but it it was not what it seems like that seems to be the next chapter of my life because I mean the the wounds and the confusion and the heartache that I was feeling and the lack of identity that I was feeling with my previous engagement, um, they didn't leave me. <laughs> they were there. In fact, they actually pushed me to put my insecurities and my nerves on him because I mm. didn't want to do this long engagement. I didn't want that to happen again.
0: Mm. So, um, so you, you were leaving your previous relationship with all the baggage and the shatteredness and all that stuff. And you just in your brain, I'm guessing in your brain, you found someone else to just kind of do what the other person couldn't do, yeah, and to be that like safety, yeah, idol of security for you that makes you feel good when the world because you know that the world is really hard, but you need one person to always be making you feel good.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you know, while we were dating, when we were together in the same location, it seemed like we had we gelled pretty well like we had a pretty good relationship but the minute it went long distance the minute I started to become really insecure and like- all, well all of a sudden I don't have this constant re- reassurance that he's, he, he loves me all the time. He's not saying it as often. I'm not talking to him as much. Mm. I'm not seeing it through the time that he's spending with me. He's not, you know, he's not doing, in my mind, he's not doing the same things that he's always done. But really the reality is that the situation's changed a little bit, sure. you know, sure. and, I, and I, my needs, I started to become more and more desperate that my needs mm. needed to be met and we needed to find a way to meet these needs. And so marriage
0: was that way.
1: It, to me, we, we did go to like uh, premarital counseling and at the time and um we were advised to get married like okay. yeah you should definitely get married be together so we did we got married um and
0: looking back on it was a good advice
1: i mean i'm very grateful that i'm married today sure sure. Look, looking back on it i don't think it did what i was looking for it to do so it, it, okay. i think it might have been good advice but it might not it didn't wasn't for what i thought it was i thought it was going to make me feel better I thought it was gonna give me the security and the identity that I was looking for. I'll be a wife, I'll know my role, I know how to play that role, I've yeah. prepared myself for this role, I'll be a mom, I'll be really good at it. Um, and what I found is when I played that, when I jumped into that role, it was not the way I thought it was gonna be. It mm. was very, very confusing to me.
0: So um, what, what happened? Like as your, as your mom and a wife, why was it confusing? <laughs>
1: So here I am in New York. I moved to New York because Jody had a job in New York. So we got married. We went on our honeymoon. Um, and then the week after, we were in New York. And we're living this life together, just me and him. This girl that's never been away from her family, who's lived in this small town her whole life, is now like on the streets of Manhattan. Jody is telling me not to show weakness and look people in the eyes as I'm walking. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where am I? What happened? <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a cultural difference in the place that I'm at. But also um, we get there and Jody's, you know, before we got married, he's like, look, I'm looking for this partner. I'm looking for a partner. I have goals in, in my life and I want someone that's going to be able to come alongside of me and and reach those goals with me. And I'm like, great. I'm going to be great for that. You know, I'm great at everything. <laughs> my cockiness. <laughs> I'm, I'm not so really great. listening. Yeah, so great. And I get there and I'm like, "I'm. I start to look for like this playmate. You know what i mean like i start to look for that like bff that person that's like just gonna go on adventures with me and just have fun and laugh with me all night and here we get there and Johnny's like working and studying all the time like at the time he didn't have a job quite yet so he's studying these programs and he's trying to learn these programs really quick so he can go up there and provide for us he's taking his role as a husband like extremely important and i'm like hey don't forget about me, you know, and I'm starting to become more and more insecure. And, and, and he feeds into that insecurity because he's not really paying a lot of attention to that. He's paying attention to the things that he needs to do in order to provide for his wife and to, to be responsible in the way that he feels God's called him to be responsible. So there seems to be a disconnect because in that he starts to see more immaturity and foolishness in myself. And he starts to call me out on some of those things. And now, Erin, this is the first time I think, if I'm really being honest, my mom had told me things that I don't like about myself, but I just pretended like my mom was crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) sorry mom you're watching (laughs) so my I used to I used to always call my mom crazy and really it's to deflect because it would be she would say things about me that I've never heard before like you know like you're super selfish Ashley like all you care about is but you you think the world just revolves around you and she would say things to me like that and I'd be like she's so crazy (laughs) and then I got married and some of the same things that my mom had said to me Jodi started saying to me like, are you just see what you want I'm in this moment right now? And he would start to say these things to me. And I would, I, what happened was, is I, a mental switch began to happen where I made him my enemy. I made mm. him someone I couldn't trust. He was someone who didn't tell me true things. And I needed to just surround myself with people that told me true things about who I was.
0: And um, you were getting true confused with difficult.
1: Yes. So I think that if it didn't feel good, it wasn't true. Mm. If it didn't feel right. If yeah. you told me I was selfish and I didn't think I was selfish, then you could say it all day long. But yeah. you just be you just be cray-cray in my head. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that's what happened was, so now we enter into this this marriage. And so for the first five years, I could probably chop up to being like this really difficult season in my life where I just didn't know who I was. My whole life, I knew who I was. My whole life, I was like funny girl. I was pretty, fairly popular. I mean, I didn't have a problem making friends. And right. I fit in. I always fit in. And now here I am in New York. I'm not working because um, I don't, like, I, I don't have a college degree. I don't know what to even do there at the time. I'm I'm with a man that seems to be, like, he seems to fit into this world in Manhattan and I don't. And he seems to, like, be really preoccupied with other things other than me. So, like, I'm not as important to him maybe as I thought I was. And he doesn't seem to make feel, making me feel loved his idol <laughs> Hmm. Meaning, like he did make me feel loved at times, but that wasn't something he was necessarily like pursuing Ashley to have good feelings all the time. Right, and that that was really confusing to me. It was Hmm. really confusing because I just didn't. What you
0: went into marriage for?
1: That was my goal, and so it's like, what are we doing here? You know. And at one time, one time, he even told me, he said, "I just don't know if I love you." And I remember being like, "What?" And he was like, "The way that you want to be loved." You know, mm-hmm. the way that I defined love, he didn't know if he felt all those things. He was committed to loving me, like loving me in action by like being there, providing these mm-hmm. things. And he was, you know, and, and he was also really confused himself. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's with this girl. It seems straight. <laughs> seems yeah. like she's a great partner. And all of a sudden now she's like this emotional mess. Like yeah. I, I think I cried every day for like five years.
0: No kidding, huh?
1: I'm not even exaggerating. You could ask him and he'd be like, yeah, every day, every day, <laughs> every so, day. It was was like it? My... Like,
0: so help me like put some meat to it. Like what did what happened? Like did he did you not just the feelings right did you say like hey can we go out and he had to work or he had to
1: he was independent from me that's what it was i thought it was a dependency on each other meaning we did everything together like you might go to work and i might go to work you know i started working at a christian school at the time and i might go do my thing but when we come back we're just going to spend all of our free time together like buddy buddy i don't Mm -hmm. know what i thought looking back at it i'm like i don't know and 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 he He had so many, you know my husband, he has all these dreams and all these visions of what he's working towards, and he's always been that way. And so he was doing what his plan was. He was working towards the things that he, and he, and I seem to be like this emotional blob, that even when he came to me to try to help me, like nothing he said helped me. Nothing would make me feel better unless his life just revolved around me. And it seemed to be like, it seemed to be the pivotal problem where he's like, listen, I'm gonna keep moving forward because I think this is what God's called me to do. And I want you beside me, but I don't know how to fix like your emotional, like emotionalness. I don't is know how that, to do how to Is that that like,
0: codependency that you were talking about here? Yeah.
1: Like where well, you need
0: him to be everything for you at all times?
1: Yeah. I don't think I knew that that was what it was then. I think I just thought like, I'm justified in feeling this way, you know, like I'm away from my family and he should be, you know, a better husband to me. And so I'm just going to pray for him.
0: So how, (laughs) you know, how does someone figure that out? Right? Like, so what if we have, I don't know, uh, uh, a couple friendship or whatever, like some couple and one is codependent, but they don't know it. Like, how do you figure that out? What's, what's the, how did you figure it out? I don't understand.
1: So for me, um, I ended up, Having my son, we've been married two years, like two and a half years when I had Sean. And I told Jody that I, I don't want to live in New York anymore. I don't want to live like I was so lonely. It mm-hmm. was like the loneliest place for me. This 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 girl that needs people. I, I was very isolated. So I, I wanted to come back to Florida. So we moved. Actually, I moved with Sean to Florida and Jody came after a few months later. And I started going to this church called Word of the Cross, um, WOTC. And It was, a. they were friends of ours before we got married. Um, They were friends of Jody's actually, he introduced me to them and I knew them, they were some of them, you know, a lot of them were at my wedding. And so I went to this church, a group of friends had started this church plant and I went to that and I started to really um, deepen in my understanding of who it was that, that God was. I remember one time specifically sitting at church and Danny Vera was speaking and he was talking about the law and he was talking about like, what is the law actually there for? Like, he's like, you know, we often think it's there that we can keep, try to keep it as best as we can, you know, and we just try not to fail. And I'm nodding like, yeah, that's what it's there for. (laughs) And he's like, no, but it's there to shine a light into our own hearts. It's there to show us our own darkness. Like it's Mm -hmm. there to show us that we cannot keep the law. And so I remember it being like all of a sudden how I'd understood all my faith to be like, everything was just me trying my hardest. So I couldn't, in in my whole life, I don't think I could have tried harder. I was always trying my hardest. Like I was praying, I was going to church, I was involved with Bible studies. You know what I mean? Like I tried to eat healthy. I tried to work out. Like I always try to do the good things. So I don't understand why things weren't happening in my life the way, you know, but at this point, I'm still not understanding my own codependency. So I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm blind to that, but I'm like, what is going on? So, um. We, Jody Jody actually moves back to Florida. We're in Florida, but we're still struggling. We're struggling, we're struggling. And it seems to be just a vicious cycle. It seems to be something where I'm constantly running to my friends being like, this isn't right, right? Like he doesn't care about me the way that he's supposed to care about me, right? You know, and I'm constantly telling everybody that I can think of my story because I want to be validated. I want people to right. understand like, yeah, this is hard. I want to be the victim is what I, is what I want. You were trying to win um,
0: people over to your side.
1: Definitely. And I don't even know that it was malicious. It was just like, this is, this is bad, right? (laughs) Like, am I going crazy? Like, or is this okay? Is this how your marriage works? Were you
0: blaming him? Were you being like, he's... Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, so at this point in my relationship, I don't know if you had asked me, if I'm being very honest, if you had asked me, what is one problem that you contribute to the relationship? I would have had a very hard time finding one problem. So I, um... I see, like I heard it, Kelsey and, and her, she talked a little bit about legalism a little bit for a second, but I see like my own like self-righteousness thinking mm. that I'm the one that I've got this and if he could be more like me, we would have a great healthy marriage. Mm. And because my marriage is such an idol, this is the only thing I care about. Like here I have my new son and I love him, but like nothing in life is good. I'm depressed, I'm, I'm in a bad headspace, and it's all because I don't have what I want. I want all the good feelings that come with like that I see that come with marriage.
0: What was it about good feelings right like was it was it just that I needed to be in this state of good feelings the all the time or um and and Jody um, or my husband is supposed to be that um that catalyst for you like and you were just he what and it was he wasn't willing to do that for you or um I, I'm not ch- I'm how does that play into it like well, when I think I so angry like what or was there anger? I'm guessing there was anger, right? Like there was,
1: so, there was. And you know what? If I if I really like boil it down, I think Jody's the kind of person that doesn't want to be put in a box. Okay. Meaning, he doesn't like if you see the stereotypical what like if you look on Facebook and you see all the pictures of what like what looks like a happy marriage. Jody's the kind of person that he's not going the stereotypical way. He's going a different route. That doesn't mean that he doesn't love me or that doesn't mean that he's not, the same emotions aren't there, but he didn't, he didn't do things the way I wanted him to do things, which means if, if everyone was going to the park with, if all the husbands were going to the beach with the wives and there was going to be this big family beach day, Jody would have to stay home and work. And it would be like, do you even care? Do you even try to do the things that I want to do? You know, like it would be like this whole, like he doesn't even care about me. And so- we've talked, to-
0: so Johnny doesn't like being told what to do or put in a box. And you wanted to put someone in a box.
1: Absolutely. And so
0: that was like that was a big clash there. Like this is That how would you be the go, good
1: feelings. This my is how my you... feelings would be like validated if he if I if he loved me enough that he did the things I wanted him to do.
0: That's rough. That's a rough. <laughs>
1: that's <laughs> a that's a it's a rough thing. And I think it's a rough thing on both sides because I don't even realize at this point that I'm doing anything. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. But he sees it's like I'm not going to fit her mold, and I don't know that it's healthy for me to be to play this, you know, this this part that she wants me to play. I don't know if it's good for her, and so, anyways, they go through this like really rough time. So we get to this pivotal point um, where we're married about five years. I have I have Addie. She's she's about like six weeks old at this point, mm-hmm. and um, and we're just at our wit's end. So at this time, it's funny because we did these Meyer Briggs personality tests, have you heard about them? Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we did this Myers-Briggs personality test, and Jody does his, and he comes, he's like an INTJ, so if anyone knows Myers-Briggs, they'll know, like, okay, he's like, <laughs> it's funny, because like he's like the jerk of all the personality types, mm-hmm. which is funny. <laughs> like, see, look, uh, and then uh, I'm an ESFP, which I'm like the emotional, like, lovey-dovey teddy parrot of, like, mm-hmm. all the personality t- types. So we do these personality tests, and we start researching it, and Jody comes to me at this time, and is like, look, all the research I've done says we're not like compatible. <laughs>
0: like,
1: we're not we're not going to make it. We're toxic. Like we like I think we need to like take a step back. He's like I need you to do your research and if you can find anything that's like that says that we'll make it, we'll we'll keep doing this, you know? Like we we'll, let's we'll see what we can find. So I do this personality test and I start looking into different, like different people, the INTJ versus the ESFPs and everything I'm reading says they're like horribly toxic and like, <laughs> they'll never make it. So by the end of the week, I had my ticket booked to go back to Alaska. So. Um, my my best friend bought me the ticket they got me a car my other best friend let me stay with her for a year and a half Jody and i were separated for a year and a half at this point and he you know he never asked me to leave but he's like if this life is too hard to live with me here doing this life with me then then go <laughs> you know like i don't know what else to tell you and at this point i'm kind of calling his bluff although i've always believed that god told me to stay faithful in my marriage like i knew that like i had that message from the very beginning that like he was going to redeem my marriage and it was so confusing to me me going to Alaska because I don't know who I am at this point in my life there's no identity all the identity that I had when I was a kid about I'm great and these things I just don't know who I am because I have Jody telling me these things that are not familiar like I don't know if those things about me are true and these things that he's telling me some of them out of frustration you know how it is when you're fighting with someone but some of them are like Ash you need to really take a look at yourself like you're really codependent like, you need me for things that you shouldn't need me for. Yeah. Only God can fill those things. And I'm like, you're crazy. I need you for normal things. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I go there. And so I I quickly realized when Jody's not a part of the equation, we didn't talk for like a, a few months. Um, When he's not a part of the equation, I realized that some of the same problems that I was having in my marriage continued to persist. Hmm. They continued to, to be there, regardless if he was part of the equation. So I end up going to counseling, and I realized that I'm very codependent. Um, in that, I ended up going like to celebrate recovery because they have like a program for codependency up there. So now I'm in Alaska. I have two kids. I'm working at CareNet Pregnancy Center as a director of client services up there, and I'm going to counseling, um, and I'm going to celebrate recovery, and I'm learning about codependency, and I'm realizing like, yeah, it's a real problem. It's a it's a, a problem a a problem where I am taking all my emotional needs and I'm waiting for someone else to now figure them out, and yeah. I'm putting all of them on another person. And I think that's suffocating for him, someone that has lots of goals and lots of visions of where he thinks God is calling him to be. And and now he's got to deal with this, like, emotional drainage.
0: Sure. It's a burden, so, like, that gets placed on someone else. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then and I don't know how to stop. So at this point, I'm going to counseling and I'm learning and Jody and I start talking. And to fast forward to the story, um, I've been there a year and a half. Um, while I was up there, I was, I have one of my best friends who's my cousin, his name is Jason Bourne. Um, he committed suicide while I was there and it was actually while Jody was visiting me for the first time in a year and a half and, um, I get a call and he ended up, he shot himself. And I think about like the month before we were sitting there talking about like where we were at emotionally and we were at such a similar place. Hmm. We were at this place where like, yeah, like this is where we're at, what do we do about it? You know what I mean? Like how does how do all the things that we grew up believing and learning, where does it apply to us now? How does it help us out of this situation? Um, so I ended up coming back to Florida and I think a lot of it too is because I was just like, I was scared of where I was headed. You know, I realized that I had put some of these things Jody was saying to me, some of them were valid and I needed to hear him. He wasn't my enemy you know he didn't need to be my enemy my enemy was myself sure. it was my own insecurities my own inadequacy my own unsurety of like who it was that god was yeah. and 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 who it, and what that meant in my life and the fact that i couldn't figure out how to apply it and then i made it his problem i made it a marital issue and it seemed to me like i don't know that we had all the marital issues i made out you know yeah. some of them may be valid but some of them were just problems that I had created in my head because of my own perception of what was going on.
0: You projected your internal issues. to Yes, to, yeah, for absolutely.
1: Sure. Absolutely. So um, I come back to Florida at this point. Addie's 18 months, a uh, little bit over 18 months and Sean, and we decided to like start fresh. Like we're going to be friends. Like we're going to just like, he's not going to be my enemy. We're going to just hear each other out and we're going to grow and learn. And it might've been the first time in my life that I was willing to just like Trust Jody. like just submit to him, like just not like fight him and try to act like he's against me, like working on a different plan than me. But to just like put my guards on and like the things that he's saying, I needed to consider them. Yeah. I needed to consider them to be true or not. Not everything's always true, but you need to consider them. Sure. And, and I think when I started to consider them, it really deepened my relationship with God because I realized it wasn't just Jotty trying to tell me these things. It wasn't just my mom trying to tell these th- me these things. It was the fact that like God himself was trying to tell me something sure. and I couldn't hear him. I put it on a person and I'm like, oh, Jody's the problem. My mom's the problem. Like these people are just like, they need to fix themselves and learn how to deal with people, mm-hmm. you know? And, and then I realized is like God was himself was like, Ash everything's not about you and where you're feeling emotionally and some of these things you have to work through and it's going to be hard and there's going to be bad emotions that come with that and you have to be able to like handle that you have to be able to stand up through that you know
0: wow so that's amazing so and then I'm from there just kind of built into your you're rebuilding your relationship rebuilding your marriage family
1: yeah Oh. and rebuilding it on true things it's like so what happened is I, I had built everything up into there up into that point on my emotions meaning whatever i felt was true and so this is a whole new season of life now where you know and i think it's probably like the last five years where
0: um you building it on you're testing your emotions against truth. Yeah, reality. exactly.
1: And I didn't yeah. even realize how emotional I was. And now I just, you know, all my friends and, and you included can laugh at it because I'm like highly emotional all the time. And it's, it's crazy because I know truths, you know, and I sure. still, you think, oh, does that mean my life is like, oh, fluffy now? And it's like, well, sure. no, it's still a battle because I perceive things like the most selfish way that I could perceive things always. Meaning I perceive like everything's about me. So anything anyone does that's like, Wrong or like not nice. I think it's about me. It's a personal vendetta. So mm-hmm. I have to like have a have. Jody and I call it breadcrumbs, but it's like it's a, it's a, it's truths that bring me back into a sane way of thinking, into a reasonable way of thinking, oh, yeah. into who it the is little that little I actually believe. Like. Exactly. Little
0: bird, like all right, this is true. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Okay, it's he's not my enemy. Okay, it's not a problem with me and Johnny. Okay, it's not like my kids aren't a burden to me, which is like awful. But you start to like think that you start to think everything's about your comfort.
0: Well, the thing is, like people forget, right? And I think you said this on Thursday. Um, Like people forget, like what a reality is, because they're so clouded by their emotions that they it leads them to believe another perception of reality, which is not true. Yeah. And And so then you have this issue where. Like you need to remind yourself this is why i think we have to remind ourselves of the gospel every day right like i mean this is just what has to happen remind ourselves of god's promises god's truths and um i think we forget that all the time very forget
1: definitely Definitely, you know, and I have to, like, it's like a little pep talk to myself, you know, and it's like, okay, Ashley, God is in control, right now, he's in control, he knew this moment was going to be here, he knew this emotion that you're feeling was going to be here, okay, and the emotion isn't just for you to feel, but it's for you to learn, it's for you to grow, okay, there's this trial, you know, it's like, you just keep telling yourself that, it's not, it's not about, like, how you're feeling when you're going through the trial, it's about, like, who you are when you're going through the trial, so. Even
0: our emotions are like, God, like, is trying to help us to learn and grow from, not just the situation, but who we are at the time, and grow. Yeah, and yeah, that's, that's that's awesome. Well,
1: definitely because I, I, I you know, and I, tr- I, I, never try to paint like emotions are bad because they're not. They indicate something in us, so we should pay attention to them. But the thing is, is when we allow them to start dictating us, and we believe our emotions over truth, and yeah. we start to allow make decisions or treat people a certain way because of our emotions, it seems to be like it causes a lot of trouble.
0: Yeah, you know, absolutely. Let me uh, so. before I ask you something, I, I want to ask you a couple closing questions. But before we do that, we want to give a quick shout out to people who have supported and have tuned in through the live uh, feed. Kelsey, Nelson, Melody, Felicity, Taylor, yeah. um, Lindsay, Raf, Kim, Eric, Reva, Vinny, Colleen, Ashley. There's a How lot of people here, like uh, Michelle, Lindsay, Dan, and Mike. There's a, and there's probably more. I forgot. I'm just reading the comments really quick. Thank you guys for ju- tuning, tuning in, supporting Ashley. Um, what do you have to say to someone who might be, I don't want to use the term over emotional, but maybe have regularly has their emotions cloud their judgment, perception of reality, understanding of whether someone is for them or against them, right? What would you say to that type of person right now if, um, there might be someone who might be struggling with that kind of stuff who, 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 and might not even realize. Maybe it's someone, I mean, it took you a while to realize uh, yeah. that your emotions were like just so gripping it made you codependent. What would you say to someone like that?
1: I would say the first step is to step out of yourself and look at this through a different perspective. Because I think we're often too deep into what we're going through and too deep into our emotions to even think logically. We don't know how to get out. We don't know how to like start thinking realistically with some of these situations. So I think that the way to do that is to try to take it from a different perspective. Try to look at whatever it is you're going through, through someone else's eyes. Tell yourself the whole story. Say it out loud. So today what's going on and then listen to it for a minute. Find
0: out of- oh, yeah. just <laughs> like just say the story out loud and say the facts. Yeah. Out loud. I and, think that's and, why
1: people say journal. Oh, yeah,
0: that makes a lot of sense.
1: You know, it's just hearing yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, is yeah. there any last thoughts or statements you have? Um, we're wrapping up on time here. Is there anything you would like to close out with? Otherwise, I'll ask you my last question here of the podcast.
1: Well, I think I think ultimately, just the, if I had to summarize like my story, is that I think I cared my whole life what everyone else thought of me more than i cared about anything else mm. and i think that's why my marriage was my idol is because i wanted to appear like how everyone else looked like i wanted to somewhat conform to the majority you know mm. like i didn't want to be i didn't want to be different i didn't want to be the one that was adopted <laughs> you yeah. know i didn't want to be that i wanted to be the one that fit in that always fit in that's and i so think funny. i i think my advice would be like that's that shouldn't be our goal <laughs> Sure. As Christians, it shouldn't be our goal. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be something that we are um, sacrificing other things or other people for those goals, cause it's not a healthy one. A healthy goal is to be able to plan our feet like on true things, reasonable things and things that we can look on paper. Like, yeah, that's what we're pursuing and everything else that I'm doing, they fits into that. Even if my emotions don't always fit into that, like what I'm doing fits into that. So I guess my my most practical advice would be like breadcrumbs, write them down, tell yourselves all the truth that, that, that when you remember that truth, it pulls you out of it. You know, and so that we can live um, in a healthy mind frame, we can live somewhere that we actually, uh, we believe, you know, in truth.
0: So. Absolutely. And it's still a journey. Where, where are you headed from now? Like what, what do you, what, what does God have planned for you now? Like, as you, you said, it's been, it's been about five years or so, like mm-hmm. so having this kind of epiphany or like rework yeah. start to rebuild.
1: Yeah.
0: Where are you headed now? What's God got plans for you?
1: Well, now I'm still, I'm still actually writing my breadcrumbs. Um, and I've been trying to write them more and more because what I realize is that I'm not the only person, this might be my story, but I'm not the only person that's gone through these emotions or that are going through these emotions. And that, and I can't even be like, I never think that way anymore. I'm never emotional. I'm still emotional. So it's just still very relevant to me. I still have to constantly remind myself that. And some of my truths change. Some of the things that pull me out of it change in their, they their, there, I mean, the truths itself don't change, but some of the things that pull me out change. And so I need to constantly be working on that. So I think for me, it's just living the way, the things that I'm saying and that I believe, and now making sure that like, regardless of my emotions that I'm, I'm living there. And so that seems to be kind of a fight for me, a daily fight for me. Um, and I'm doing that through reading my word. Um, Uh I read it a lot because I don't know for me, it's like, well, I can believe what other people say, but I've done that my whole life. So let me just, you, you know, depend on him to help understand what it is that I'm reading. And let me just read it and try to figure this out. What does that word mean? Let me look it up. Let me, you know, let me hear things let me just study his word. And through that journey, I think he's like, God is revealing so, so much to me through like life, through people around me, through yeah. my kids, through my husband, through my friends saying whatever it is, pointing out truths to me, and I'm able to hear them. So it just yeah. slow down. Listen yeah. to people around you that are talking to you. Consider it to be true. Don't take everything everyone says as true. Consider it to be true and then test it against what you know to be true.
0: Well I love what you said about reading getting back into reading your word because like if you're trying to Uh, find some breadcrumbs of truth. You just need to go to the the bread of life there. So it's just definitely always, always there for you. Um, It's been a pleasure to um, interview and uh, talk about your testimony and seriously about like your marriage. Thank you for being so open and honest about like the the struggles. A lot of people, you know, this, this might be something that a lot of people might struggle with and that it's very private. So very grateful that Um, you're able to share with us. I'd like to ask you one final question, though. Okay. Uh, Why do you think God is awesome?
1: He's awesome because he never stops pursuing us.
0: Mm.
1: He's like, no matter where we go, no matter how far we go, it's like we never stop being something that he's constantly reeling us back. He's constantly reminding us the truths that we're like, no, 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 we want to forget them. And he's constantly like, no, child, come back. (laughs) I'm going to remind you. So I think He's awesome because he he loves us so much. He doesn't leave us leave sure. us wandering.
0: For sure, for sure. Well, thank you everybody for uh, joining us on the podcast today. Yes. Um, everyone live who turned in and everyone who's supporting. If you're watching this in the future, hashtag replay for us in the comments so we could keep uh, keep an eye on everyone uh, on like where everyone's coming from. If you, this is the most important thing. If you know someone who is going through like the same type of marital problems or the same type of emotional problems that Ashley went through, send them to Ashley's way. Share this video with them. Like, you know, get involved, put them in this community. Maybe it'll help. We, I mean, that's the whole point of this kind of stuff. Anyway, Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you everyone for joining us online. We love you all. Uh, and we will see you guys next time. Bye.